All right, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and get started then. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, PII and the new tool uh, supplied by the security office here at Penn State called Identity Finder. Um, so some of you uh, uh, that have been here with Outreach, uh, especially the last couple of years, are familiar with uh, PII. We'll, we'll do a little review on that, but um, we'll, we'll talk more about, about PII. Uh, Cheryl Siebold uh, from OTS was around to most of the units, so you may have heard some, some things already about that. But just to give you an update and overview of things there about PII. And then we'll get into the, the new tool that allows you to remediate uh, PII from your computer. Um, and then finally, we'll wrap things up with uh, some resources uh, where you can get more information about that tool, Identity Finder, and some other things about PII. So uh, my name is Dave Langton with Outreach Technology Services. This is Matt Bart, And uh, we, OTS, has been asked by uh, Outreach leadership to uh, implement this project within Outreach. Uh, this is a project that's going on uh, throughout the university in all departments, uh, all campuses, um, all IT groups are uh, implementing this, getting the Identity Finder scanning tool on uh, uh, all Penn State-owned computers, and then uh, this will just be uh, a part of working at Penn State. You'll um, know how to use the Identity Finder application to um, keep the PI data uh, off of your computer. So uh, it's, uh, it's, we're learning about it today, but it, it will be a, an ongoing process here. So um, P, uh, Identity Finder works on both uh, Macintosh and uh, Windows computers. Uh, previously, we were using an application called ProVenture. Some of you may have seen that. Uh, you got results from OTS uh, uh, paper results, and then you had to go in and try to uh, and remove the that data from your computer. Um, this Identity Finder now allows you to see all the results right there on your screen and then you actually take care of all the results within the Identity Finder application. So uh, it's a nice tool. It works on both Windows and Macintosh. Um, just a quick show of hands, how many Macintosh users are here? Okay. I just wanted to, um, to see that too because as we go through the uh, client for Macintosh, uh, they're coming out with a new version. It's actually out. We just haven't received it yet from the security office, so our timing was a little off here. So you'll see how to use this version, and then the new version will come out. It'll look a little different, but uh, generally, the um, you know it'll be the, the same the same concept. But you might see some buttons in different places. Uh, the new version will be nice because it will fix some issues that we'll talk about on the on the Macintosh side. So. Uh, this application will be distributed through uh, OTS to OTS managed computers. So if OTS set up your computer, either Windows or Macintosh, you'll receive this application automatically. If you uh, set your own computer up or if somebody in your unit set it up for you, um, you or whoever set it up for you can uh, obtain the Identity Finder uh, file uh, installer from a website that, that we'll provide. We, we provided that in an email that we sent out on Friday. But if anyone has any questions about, about getting Identity Finder on their computer, if, they, if it's not on there, then they can call OTS and we'll direct them to this site. So it, if it's an outreach-owned computer, it does need to come from this, uh, this download site that we provide. So like I said, if you're 
managed by OTS. If your computer was set up by OTS, you don't have to worry about it, you'll get it. But if not, and you have any questions about that, then just let us know. Okay. So just a quick overview of PII. Uh, this is uh, information about an individual that's attributed to uh, social security number, credit card number, uh, bank routing number, any bank number, um, or uh, driver's license. So uh, uh, there are other types of PII. These are the four areas that uh, the university says we need to focus on. So these are the four things that the identity finder application will look for on your computer when it runs the scan. So you, somebody might say, well, what about this, what about that? Um, though that's, all, that's all valid. These are the four things the security office wants us to watch out for. Um, as outreach staff, it's our responsibility for our computer, so uh, we need to learn how to use the identity finder and keep PII data off of our computer. So uh, OTS's involvement, and we'll, we'll show you more how this works, information is sent to a server, then we take that information and give it to outreach leadership to keep them updated on um, uh, attaining the goal of having all computers in outreach uh, free of PII data, so we keep them updated on where we stand with that. And we'll talk more about that later. Uh, <clears throat> why is this so important? Uh, several reasons, just a few here. There is uh, the PA, uh, the Breach of Personal Information uh, Notification Act uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, this defines what PII is, it constitutes what a, what a breach is, and um, as far as uh, actions to be taken for a breach, it lets us know what we need to do in, in those cases too. So. Uh, this is clearly defined in the law, the security office says, uh, and Penn State says, okay, we need to, uh, we need to have a way to, uh, to deal with these kinds of incidents. So um, this is what they come up with. They started this program, like I said, uh, a couple of years ago, started using a tool called Preventure, and now moved on to Identity Finder. Um, the loss of this data has a significant impact. Uh, if any of this data were to get out, whether in small number or uh, more significantly in, in larger numbers of, in terms of the data itself. Uh, there's a, a, a Penn State's reputation um, uh, takes a hit and uh, any business relationships that we've been developing, uh, obviously those would be affected too. So uh, it's important in terms of that. And then also data security vulnerabilities, these kinds of things will uh, continue to exist. Um, we continue to provide uh, security at uh, uh, the network level, um, at the desktop level, but uh, there's always somebody interested in, in getting in and finding a way to get to your information and, and, uh, and take control of, uh, of the computer for a number of reasons, but one of those reasons being to, to actually get PII. And we'll see why people are so interested in getting um, this type of information. So just a, a vulnerability example, this has happened uh, in outreach. Um, somebody is uh, out at a website, maybe it's a website they've been to before or haven't been there but it looks like a legitimate valid website. They click on something, um, unbeknownst to them a bot is installed on the computer and uh, then at that point uh, whoever uh, started that installation, uh, set that up. Uh, that information on that computer then can become accessible to, you know, to the individual who set all this up. So uh, this is, like I said, this is the kind of thing that 
uh, continues to happen. There's no way really to, to stop this 100% uh, free of this. So the best thing that we can do on our end is provide security, which uh, is being done, and then also to get the PII data off and keep it off of our machines. So um, to completely satisfy the law, the, the, this uh, Information Notification Act, uh, it's quite a costly uh, undertaking, and so um, if we can have this data off of our machine, we won't incur uh, these internal costs. In this case, we, we being outreach, did uh, incur uh, a, a good deal of cost for a, a recent breach in outreach. Uh, this was uh, a, a uh, an article in the CDT. Um, this, this information actually went out through the Associated Press, so it went to a number of different uh, newspapers and journals across uh, the country. Um, a couple of big uh, breaches like this have occurred at the university. Uh, one was up in Erie at one time, so I don't you know, I don't just say, I don't look at this as, as just outreach. It has occurred throughout uh, the university. Um, but uh, I, I do want to just point this out that um, there, is a, there is a cost involved in this, and especially when um, there's, there's such a high number uh, such as this one here. So uh, this involved uh, a lot of uh, personnel time to uh, get the machine and to uh, go through some of the results and get that information to security, work with the security office and the privacy office, and then also just uh, notification. So notification had to be sent to 15,000 plus individuals, and so that, that was a lot of work. In fact, it was so much work, it was just we um, uh, worked with a, a third party vendor, an approved third party vendor that the security office said we can, we can use these folks, and they did that so outreach actually ended up paying those individual that that uh, organization to to notify people so and then um, people call back and uh, are unhappy some people call back and so you know there's a lot of time involved there so anyway just to give you an idea there there is a lot of uh, a lot of resources that are being used should a breach uh, like this occur uh, so who's who's doing this kind of thing um, the malicious activity the uh, you know the majority of it is occurring here in the United States. Uh, we also see it in other countries listed here. Um, uh, interestingly, Brazil, they, uh, uh, within the last couple of years, they've upgraded their uh, data infrastructure, um, which is great uh, for uh, the people of Brazil uh, to, to have that kind of access, but um, they moved up very quickly in the rankings here in terms of malicious activity. So. Um, so uh, the more the more these countries are out there and accessible, the more and you'll see things uh, things are occurring. Why are they doing this? Uh, this is probably one of the biggest reasons. There's actually a lot of money in this. Uh, uh, what individuals and organizations are finding is that uh, they could they can make a living, and in fact, a, a really good living on getting this information. So um, if if you want to set these things up. Uh, it doesn't take much to uh, distribute a bot out to uh, a wide uh, network of, of, uh, of organizations and the results you get back are uh, pretty painless in terms of the work you put into it. You can just sit there and wait for, for things to come back to you and then, and then you distribute that information. This is all underground. Uh, type of activity, um, and but this is this is the, one of the, the big reasons now. Before it was uh, people were interested in just 
being able to do this, and, and now it's, it's really uh, their financial gains here. So this information that I'm sharing with you here is from Symantec. They, uh, they distribute this uh, security threat report yearly, and it is available on the internet out at Symantec's website in, in a lot more detail, so you can read more about that. It certainly isn't um, uh, the be-all, end-all of, of information here. This, this is just one organization. I use Symantec just because they are distributed uh, throughout the world. So I, I, I feel like these, these numbers are probably pretty representative of, of what goes on. Um, how are they doing this? A lot of the uh, vulnerabilities are now seen uh, through uh, web browsers, applications, and plugins. Uh, this is just a list of the, the top five things here. Um, some of those are uh, browser-based, Internet Explorer. Um, some of these are Flash-based and uh, Adobe Reader-based. So um, uh, a lot of uh, activity now occurring. It's not so much based on what operating system you use. Do you use Windows? Do you use OS X on Macintosh? Um, it's, it's more focused in this area. Uh, social engineering is another area. Uh, we've all seen the emails come through. Um, you need to handle, take care of your account, go out to this website, enter your personal information. We're all smart enough to know now that, that this is uh, not something that our bank would ever ask us for, um, but they, they do try to uh, get access to uh, your computer in that way. Um, and another thing I just mentioned here, these crime kits. Uh, there's one called Zeus. Uh, I could go out and I could buy Zeus for $700 and I could create my own bot. And um, it's, so it's no longer just uh, somebody who is uh, very smart and knows how to do these kinds of things. You can get kind of a, a toolkit and you can go out and you can make your own modifications to these things and it will look different enough that some of the semantic or some of the other applications aren't going to know what it is and it will take a while then for somebody to come up with a fix for that. But um, uh, but it, it is out there, and what it does is it just opens the door now for even more people to go out and uh, uh, and do do these kinds of malicious things. So, and you know, like we said before, make make some money for a small investment. Uh, the sectors, um, again, this is in Semantics report. I didn't include everything here, but I did just point out a couple things. Uh, the education sector, Semantic found, was the biggest sector where uh, data breaches occur. Uh, which uh, says something a lot uh, to us uh, being here at the university. So um, the education center uh, sector is, is uh, highly targeted. Um, as far as identities exposed, you'll see on the, the financial institutions, that's where you're going to see uh, the most in terms of the amount of information exposed. The reason for that being um, Somebody like uh, Bank of America has millions and millions of data on you know, customer uh, uh, credit card uh, accounts, this kind of thing. Educational institutions were seeing you know, uh, 50, 60, 70,000, 100,000 students. Uh, so you're not going to see as high numbers there. But like we saw earlier, 15,000 social security numbers you know, potentially compromised. Um, that's it's still a significant number. Uh, especially to uh, the university and what it can do to its reputation. So uh, we'll jump into uh, Identity Finder here. Any questions on the PII overview? Okay. So 
So Identity Finder uh, came along, like I said, the, the security office said we're going to use ProVenture. Uh, it uh, was inadequate in some ways, so they went looking for another application. They found Identity Finder. Uh, this is a, a license that was obtained by the security office by Penn State, so it is, uh, it's a university-wide license, so any university-owned computer uh, can have the Identity Finder application installed on it. They have a client, uh, license for uh, the Windows client, for the Macintosh client, and then they have a central server, uh, and they have a license uh, for the central server too, and I'll talk more about how all those work together. Uh, this license, like I said, it does cover all university-owned computers. If you, so it, it, it is not, it cannot be installed on your home computer, uh, but if you do have a home computer or a couple of home computers that you'd like to, uh, run something like Identity Finder is available to you, you can go to their website, and I'll talk more about that at the, with the resources at the end here. You can go to their website, buy a license, I think it's 20 or $30, um, and it allows you to install up to three licenses, so if you have three computers, 20 or 30 bucks will get you a license for all three, so. And it doesn't report back like we're going to see here. It, it stays, right? You know, it's all on your computer. It's all a single user license there. So how it works, uh, it has a Windows and a Macintosh uh, OS X version. Uh, the client is installed. Like I said, if you're on an OTS managed machine, uh, that will be installed automatically. If you're not using an OTS managed machine, if you set it up yourself or somebody else in your unit set up your computer for you, um, we have distributed the uh, download site where to get that. Uh, again, if anyone has questions, you can talk to us afterwards uh, or you can call uh, OTS support and uh, they'll direct you to that website, but it's also available on our outreach here as well. So, And this is all just for uh, outreach uh, staff. So if, you're, um, if you work, for example, in continuing education and you're at, uh, at a Mount Alto campus, the Mount Alto staff will get this on your computer for you. So, so uh, the scan is scheduled to run every Monday at noon. Uh, and it, just, it, it should just occur currently on the Windows side. That'll happen. On the Macintosh, the scheduler uh, does not work. So you have to run it yourself. So for any Macintosh users, just to note that you will have to run this, um, remember to go in and, and run the scan as often as you like, at least uh, once every two weeks. Now that'll change with the new version, which could be as soon as um, a week or two. And once that new version is there, we'll be able to push the schedule out and it'll just happen automatically. Does it happen? regardless if you have it on wireless or on a dock or? If you're on wireless and you're using the VPN, the, um, the Penn State connection, the, the tunnel to Penn State, it'll, it'll work. Yeah. Um, so once the scan occurs, then you'll actually see the results on your computer. You go in and uh, Matt will demonstrate both versions here. We'll show you how to go in and remediate those results. The results will then be sent over to the server, the console. Uh, once they're there, then uh, OTS goes in um, and runs reports on that information. Outreach leadership has just asked that we gather all this information and keep them updated on how things are going. 
um, and we're also we've also been asked to uh, if we see any high numbers there to just check in with the individuals we can look at uh, the computer name and an IP address is what comes over with the results so we can contact the individual just to say um, it looks like there's a high number of results uh, where did, did you get them remediated maybe you maybe you are going to get to it or maybe you just forgot about it or whatever so that way everyone can uh, communicate here as to what what's going on so we want to just keep uh, keep those numbers down and then we uh, report the results out uh, to uh, the leadership team uh, we, we're not haven't been told yet how often that is so you know maybe monthly every other week we'll see um, so uh, information goes that way I also I don't have this included here but the console also sends information back to to the client for example it tells it when to run so in this case that piece is working from the console to the to the client it says run every Monday at noon uh, this piece isn't working yet it will uh, and it can also send out information like um, telling it what files to scan and where to scan and those kinds of things so that's all set up when Matt shows you the demo they're just a few uh, simple steps so um, try to keep it as simple as possible instead of having to have everyone go in and make all these different modifications and uh, setting changes. So, All right, well, I'll turn it over to Matt and he'll demo for us here. Um, as Dave said, uh, Identity Finder will run every other Monday on your computer. Um, if you catch it right whenever it starts to scan, uh, starts to scan you may see a little dog, uh, dog icon down by the clock here, um, and maybe a little dialog box saying that it's going to start to scan. Other than that, it'll just run in the background. Um, you're free to continue working. Whenever it's complete, um, you'll get a results dialog box saying that it finished its scan, and would you like to take action to remediate results? And uh, we ask that you go ahead, if you have the time right then, to go ahead and remediate the results. If you don't, uh, there's also a save feature, which I'll go over as well um, in the demo. So for users that uh, are on a Mac, uh, they're going to have to manually start a scan, or for users that want to scan more than every other uh, week, maybe someone who deals a lot more with students that may be emailing you social security numbers by accident or um, stuff like that, and you want to keep up on it a little more and be a little more regimented, um, go ahead and open the Identity Finder console. And the first time you log in or open the application, you're going to get two prompts to enter your password and to re-enter. And what this does is this sets up a profile password. Now your profile um, password's not connected to any other password system. It's not connected to OTS. It's not connected to ITS um, access account or anything like that. It's just a one-time set up password. So we can't reset it on our servers or anything. But if you do forget your password, we have instructions on how to reset your password and stuff like that. So the first time you go ahead and you pick a password um, inside of So the console looks a lot like Office. Um, you've got tabs up top, and uh, the tabs we have, as uh, Dave mentioned, we're searching for a social security, credit card, bank account, and driver's license. All these settings are pulled down from the console or the server. So you don't have to worry about it. This is just showing you that the settings are there and this is what uh, Identity Finder is going to be searching on, as well as the locations. So it's going to be searching for, through files, emails, browser files, uh, through my computer, compressed files, and email attachments. And again, these are all 
um, set by the server. You can even notice some are grayed out because um, they're disabled through the server as well. Um, so really you don't have to mess with any settings or anything like that. Uh, you want to start a scan, you go ahead and open it up and just hit the scan or start button. Um, you may see this pop up, it says Firefox open, would you like Identity Finder to close it for you? In order to search the Firefox files, Firefox has to be closed. So we ask that you go ahead and close if you're not working on anything. So then you see uh, the status dialog. Uh, you have your progress bars, um, and then you have, uh, right below that, you have the what it's scanned so far. So you have files, compressed files, messages, attachments, and browser data. So that counter will go through as it scans through the computer and let you know how many files and that, that it's actually scanned. And then below that, it's the actual PII result hits. So you'll see that those counters go up as PIIs found, and it'll tell you even, what, even tell you what kind, such as social security, credit cards, and that. Um, the scan is um, automated, like we said. So you'll actually, Matt just started a manual scan here, but if you're, if you're on your computer, and say Monday afternoon, this could just pop up. And that's what we want. We want to. We just have scheduled it to occur. So you'll see it just pop up, and then you can minimize it, which is Matt was going to do there. Yeah. So if you're doing a manual scan um, and automatically it runs in the background, fine. We haven't seen much performance issues with the PC. Um, free to go ahead and work on emails and etc. Um, just note that the browser has to be closed for it to scan those files, stuff like that. That's how to start a manual scan. Um, I go ahead and close out. And as I mentioned before, um, you can save results. So if you uh, see you start a manual scan and you get the results and you don't have time, you have to run to a meeting or something, or an automa automated scan pops up and says you have results and you don't have time to do it right now, you can save it. Um, as you saw, whenever I exit it, uh, the program, it asked me to save. Um, if you go ahead and click yes, it'll ask you to put a password, and then it'll uh, create a results file for you, which um, the icon for that looks a little different than the main identity finder. Um, looks like a file with the icon in the corner. So you can go back later after saving, open it up, your results from the previous scan. So here we have um, a bunch of results that we see in the results pane, and then to the right we have a preview. So the main file in the full path is up here, and then below we see the actual results within that file. We can also collapse all rows just to see just the file, and then expand to see the individual results within each file. We can also filter our results by the filter button, and then we can filter it by the identity type as well as the location. So if we just wanted to go through our emails right now or just want to go through files right now or attachments, we can filter by that. We don't have many results, so I'm just going to go ahead and go through. So the first one here uh, is an email, and we can see there's a bunch of different hits here. Uh, looking through, we can see that we have what appears to be an SSN next to a name. So that is indeed a PII hit, that's a positive hit. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, shred. 
So we're going to go ahead and highlight the file and click shred. It's going to give us a warning. It says, do you want to shred the email message? We're going to go ahead and say yes. Okay. Tells us it's successfully shredded. Uh, the shred is a three-pass deletion, writes zeros to the hard drive space three times, meets uh, Department of Defense uh, security measures for deletion. So it's secure. Um, before with ProVenture, we were having you manually go in and delete stuff. Um, whenever you delete something on your computer, it's not actually erased off your hard drive. So this is actually um, a lot better than previous. Okay, so that's an important point there. Is you, you do want to remediate within Identity Finder. So you don't want to have Identity Finder find something for you, go out of Identity Finder, actually go into the Word application or whatever it is you're using and delete it that way. You actually do want to do it through here and do it with the shred so it's a secure delete. What if, I don't know, it, it came in an email and you need other information in that email or, or, you know, it's a Word document and you need other stuff in that document. I mean, can you go out yeah, and, you know, copy and paste parts of that document that you needed and then, you know, delete yep. it through Identity Finder? That brings up the uh, next point. Um, emails, unfortunately, um, there's a scrub feature within Identity Finder. So uh, in files, such as Word documents, text files, um, you can scrub. And what a scrub does, actually I'll just go over that now then. So we have this file here, and we have some PDIA, because we have uh, social security numbers next to a name, but we also have other numbers in there that aren't. And maybe we need those other numbers. So we can go ahead and use the scrub button. So we go through these results and we see this first one, it's highlighted as a match. So I'm gonna go ahead and hit scrub. Yes. Okay. And then we'll now see it replace it to all those numbers with X's. So that's no longer a PII hit. The rest of the data is fine, it's good. Um, I would go through and do all the ones that are a match. Make sure it's all through there, and that's how you can do it if, if you know you need the file. Um, unfortunately, it does not work in email. Um, in email, if you need the file, um, the rest of the content, not the PI, you're going to have to manually go in and delete it out or exit out, uh, whichever you'd like. Um, attachments are another issue. Um, the attachments are part of the email, so you can't really delete the part out of the attachment. You have to save the attachment, delete the whole email. PDFs, uh, since they're an image, you can't scrub those either. Uh, unless you have Adobe Pro, you can go in and manually remove just the PII data. Uh, we've had the one instance came up, somebody asked about a resume where somebody had their social security number on it. And unfortunately, the best way to take care of that was either to print it out and delete the files, um, securely delete the files, and if needed to be electronic, uh, take a black marker over the social security and rescan it in, or just keep the paper copy. So we went through, I showed you how to scrub um, data results. So this next one, Still have Nora, yeah, just 
right. Um, you can also uh, double click to open the file as well. You just double click on the there if you want to take a better look at it. If the preview pane is not giving you enough and you want to see it a little better, you can go in here. Um, again, don't try to manually delete within the application or within Windows. Try to do it within Identity Finder because it is that secure delete. I have a question. Somebody yeah. sent me a file last week and it had their purchasing card number on. There's a little code and everything on. I deleted it and emptied my trash. Did that take that off my system? Um, it, it, unfortunately, not completely. Um, with computers, uh, data is wrote to your hard drive. There's also a table, uh, basically a database of your files. And whenever you delete it normally from the computer, it just deletes that entry and says that that space is free. It doesn't actually do anything to the actual data written on the hard drive. So unfortunately, no. And that's why in Identity Finder, when it does that three pass, it actually overwrites that space on the hard drive three times. So then it's really gone. Um, the other good thing um, I'll show you as well is Identity Finder has a nice snap-in for Windows. So if we have a file um, that we just got from a user, an attachment, or a file on our thumb drive that it's just that one file we've already scanned, we only want to search that, we can right-click on a file or a folder and go to the Identity Finder menu and you can search or shred on single files or folders as well. Um, so if you have a file that you know you want to get rid of but you don't want to open the console, right click it, use the Identity Finder and shred it. And that will do that three pass secure deletion. So the third action, uh, we have a file. Uh, it has matches in it. They're not Social security numbers, maybe they're Penn State IDs or a similar number that comes back as a uh, false positive, as we call them. So we need the file and we know it's not PII. So we can go ahead and highlight it and click ignore. And in the ignore option, you have ignore the item location and ignore the identity match. So the item location is going to ignore the whole file and the identity match is going to take that number and anytime that number occurs, it's going to ignore that as a, and see it as a false positive. So we're going to go ahead and ignore the whole location. So we see that went away from the results pane. So let's say we accidentally hit ignore. Yep, uh, we didn't mean to do that. You can go ahead and go to the ignore and uh, manage ignore list. And you can see all the files that you've ignored. And you can click and remove as well. So then they'll show up the next time. The other thing, you got to be careful and we really want you to take a look and use the preview pane and make sure that uh, it's not an actual PI match to ignore it, um, as well as shred. Once you shred it, it's gone. It can't be recovered. Um, and the scrub, it overwrites it with X's, so that data is lost as well. So uh, we went ahead. Um, took care of what we could. Uh, we have a meeting to go to, so we're going to have to close this and do it later. Go ahead and, like I said earlier, it's going to give you that save results. We're going to go ahead and click yes, and it's going to ask us where to save. We're just going to go ahead and overwrite the uh, old one that we already had. And I recommend that, just so you don't have a clutter. I'd keep, we keep on desktop, recommend that. Uh, that way you can see them, come back to them later. Save. And this actually, um, you're probably thinking, oh, well, this results file now has PII in it. 
um, that this file is password protected and encrypted through the identity finder um, application. So next time you open it, you'll see that password that you set for it, and it is encrypted, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, once you go through the results, though, uh, if we were all done, all the results were cleared out, we can go back and then just uh, delete this file, uh, shred it with the identity finder, snap in as well. Any question on the PC side? Yeah, go ahead. When it scans it, say it, it scanned it, made a file, you never, you forgot about getting back to it. So next week, it scans again from the very beginning and will identify the same things yep. in addition to new ones. The, your profile will save anything you've ignored. Okay. If you haven't taken any action, those files are still going to come back up on the next scan. But the, uh, your profile saves your ignore list, so anything you put in that ignore list will not show up in any scan after. Um, if you save the file to your desktop, that results file is still there, but if you didn't take any action, the new scan is going to have the same results. So you can delete that file and save a new one, or like I said, overwrite. Um, probably just recommend overwriting your results file. Go ahead. Is there somebody that we can contact if we get a, a result that we're not totally sure if it's PII or not? Um, let's say I had one pop up that it looks like it's just part of a long string of numbers and I don't think it's PII. I'm hesitant to get rid of it just because it looks like it could be part of a uh, you know functional software type thing. Well, um, you're uh, more than welcome to call support. Okay. Um, you, uh, email us or give us a call. Um, the other thing, if it's not attached to a name, it's not exactly PII. There could be social security number, but it, it can't be considered PII because there's no name associated with it. So you would be okay, but we, we would recommend if you don't need the file, definitely delete it. But if you said it's like a system file you're not sure about, feel free to call support and we can remotely log in or take a look and let you know if that file is needed or not. And you can, it's not to say that, let's say that was an Excel document and your preview pane was just like miles long and there's all these numbers and data. You can go in and look at the Excel document. You can open that up and just get a better feel for what was actually in there, if that helps too. So I didn't mean to say that you couldn't you know, go in and, and preview it that way as well. It'd be a lot easier than looking in the preview pane and identity finder. Yeah. I have several that you cannot. Yeah, and there are, um, we, we can check with you on which one those are, but we, we do see some that are, um, especially if you're on the managed side, uh, you'll, some of those will show up in the, in the root directory or in the programs directory where uh, you, you wouldn't have access to, to read or write or delete or anything like that. And that's actually a good thing. Um, it might be something that you're not sure about and, you tried to delete it, it might have been associated with an application itself, and you wouldn't have wanted to delete that. So, so we just ignore those, and they'll come up each time? Or? Yeah, I mean, if you're seeing that, Matt showed you the path there, uh, okay. users slash, and then your user ID, okay. if it's in there and you can't delete it, then you, you can give us a call, because you should be able to okay. delete it. But if, if it's in the folder called program files, or if it's just C colon backslash, if it's in there somewhere, and you can't delete it, and that's a good thing. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to delete it. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions on the PC side? Yeah. No. Right, I'm going to go ahead and switch over to the Mac. So this is running on our computers while we're in here. 
You said it's like 2.30 every Monday? Uh, noon, yeah. at, at noon, noon every Monday. Monday. So it might have started, right, if you were out to lunch. And, yeah, so you, when you get back, you might, you might see the little dog in the lower right of your screen. And that's if you're on the uh, Windows. And also it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be if you're on the Mac, just the Windows. Yeah. That's so you it. Can show us how to do that. Yeah. Okay. So that's the other thing. If you're out of the office Monday um, or not plugged into the network, that's fine. Um, the next time you plug into the network and it sees the console, it'll get that scan and it'll run at that time. So on the Mac, the same thing, you have your profile password that you set up. It looks a little different. Um, the first thing you'll notice, uh, there's no scrub feature for the Mac. Um, should be within the next version, um, but until then, uh, we're just going to shred and ignore. Uh, we have a couple results here. <coughs> Go ahead and look at this one. We have numbers, but it, there's no names. It looks like department, maybe they're department codes, uh, something like that. Uh, we're, we're really confident we know this isn't PII. It's not a social security number. So we're going to go ahead and add this to the ignore list. The same thing, we're going to go ahead and ignore the item location. Um, the identity match will just take that number and add that to the ignore list. But we're going to go ahead and ignore the whole file. And then just with the PC, uh, the ignore button also allows you to bring up the ignore list. And you can go in and remove anything you've ignored. Here's another result. We do see there's social security number next to, next to a name. Um, this is PII. We need to get rid of it. So we're going to go ahead and highlight the file, shred it. Okay. So once we remediate our actions, um, all that's sent to the console. We'll be able to see. Um, that you've found this many results, you've ignored this many, shredded this many, and scrubbed this many, and all that, and then we'll report that to management as well. Um, on the Mac, that's not yet. In the new version, it'll also um, add that feature as well, to report to the console and the automatic scheduler. Just with the PC, if you um, need to come back, you can save any results as well. Whenever you exit, it'll ask you to save, and you can save it to your desktop, just the same way as the PC. So for the Mac, um, we have to start it ourselves. How do we get it so that we can start? Um, so you just go ahead and open up, just like the PC. I just click on the icon and click the start button. And then the progress bar looks a little different. But I don't have it. Um, it may be in your applications folder. If you didn't get it yet, um, it will show up. Identity finder. So if you go into your applications folder, I don't see anything. You don't have it yet. So we just pushed that out today and leaked to the max. Um, so you may not have got uh, the push yet through Big Fix. Something called main identity. 
Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll check in after the session here and we'll get straightened out. When this new version starts, you said it will all automatically run, yeah. like, like the PC. Just but like the PC. I seldom plug into the network here because I'm home-based. So can I, will I have the option to still run it myself? Yeah, once you use the VPN connection, um, ISP to PSU, um, it, it'll report back. I don't and, use and that you will, you will still do. You'll still be able to run it yourself, too. So you'll have both the schedule. It'll occur every two weeks, uh -huh. and you'll also be able to run it whenever you want. Okay, but I don't have, I don't use the VPN connection. Yeah, you'll, uh, that's uh, part of the instructions here will show everyone that you'll want to do that every Monday. Just connect with the VPN uh, every Monday just so that your results get are getting reported back. Do I have that option on VPN to You do, yeah, and we'll, yeah. we can show you after the session. Okay. We can get into that right. detail. So if you guys just want to stick around after. All right, I'm going to take group yeah. time for that. Yeah. Any other questions? Let's go over a couple more things here. Um, on some of those, you might have seen, uh, on some of this here, the map is showing you through the demo there. There were a couple areas where it said passwords. I just wanted to assure everyone that's that's not something that we collect or do anything with. Uh, it's it, it's an option in Identity Finder, but we, we have that turned off. That's, that's not part of what we're, what we're after here, so I just wanted to point that out. Okay, and then just to finish up here, I just want to talk about some of the resources that are uh, available to everyone here in Outreach. On, uh, on the Outreach homepage currently, there's the, the article here about the, the Identity Finder rollout, and uh, it points you to this website here. So there's some more information about uh, PII, some of the things we talked about. We talked about the role of outreach staff, some more information in there, um, and then the role of OTS in this process. Um, talking a little bit about Identity Finder, here's that link to uh, your personal copy for any home computers that you would want to put it on. That'll take you out to Identity Finder's website. Uh, the training opportunities, which uh, this is the last one of the, the four that we did here uh, today and uh, Friday. We'll provide some more uh, in July. Uh, touch on OTS Manage versus non-OTS Manage. If anyone has any questions about that, just uh, you can call us at support and we can talk more about that. Uh, again, if, you, if you're not sure, if you're not sure if you have Identity Finder on your computer, then just give us a call and we'll be sure it's, it gets there. Uh, we have a frequently asked questions uh, site here. Just um, point out a couple things. Um, some have asked about keeping their own personal information, maybe a tax record or something like that on your computer. That is PII, so um, that wouldn't, wouldn't be allowed on your computer either. So um, as some, we've seen some results come back. People find that un, unknowingly they still have some of that on there. So Identity Finder will find that and you will want to uh, remediate that. Um, and yeah, if uh, some 
have asked, you know, I'm, I'm sure I don't have PII, can I opt out of this program? Okay, so um, so back to some of the other, we have a user guide, so we, Matt went through uh, the demo of these two products, the Mac and the Windows. Uh, this user guide uh, follows uh, that, that demo as well as more detail, so you can come in here and go through kind of a step-by-step -step the scanning process um, and then the remediation process, what all those buttons mean, shred, scrub, so a lot of detailed information here, and this is both for uh, Windows and Mac. Okay, so that's part of it. We'll also, uh, the, the learning TLT, the group with ITS, uh, they're producing a couple of uh, videos, tutorial, video tutorials for Identity Finder, and as soon as those are available, we'll post those here in our outreach as well. Uh, glossary of terms, we've mentioned a couple of things here, and you can go in there and read more some of that, PII, false positive, what all those different things mean. And we also have a user forum here where uh, people can come in and ask questions and we'll, uh, we'll be monitoring that and uh, get, to, get back to people if there are any questions there. Um, and again, that's, uh, if you just go to the home page on our outreach, you can, you can find the link to take you uh, to this main page here, so. All right, well, um, that's what we wanted to cover today. Anyone have any questions about anything? Okay, thanks very much.